previously, previously on the Game On Podcast. Mate, I have to ask, uh, just going back to your, your umpiring and obviously all the grounds you umpired at, was there a favourite ground that you, you enjoyed umpiring at? Uh, not only from the ambience, but also hospitality and, and, uh, and yeah, the players? I mean, I, I always, I, I was once I started, I really wanted to umpire a test on Adelaide Oval, and I, I got that in when that India test. That's the only yeah. one I did. I did I did seven in Australia, and then then I couldn't umpire in Australia anymore. So I did eighty eight overseas, but seven of those I did at Gaul, uh, the southern tip of Sri Lanka. Um, is a beautiful fortress on the headland, um, and I wrote on the wrote down on the on the southern tip of, of Sri Lanka. It's a it's a beautiful location, and the sea. The sea is visible uh, around the, the fortress, and uh, it's a it's a pretty little ground. I, I remember my, my first test was there in the year 2000. I umpired with Peter Manuel, a local umpire, and honestly, I came off and I was absolutely exhausted. Uh, the amount of spin that Murley and his cohorts were getting was just phenomenal. I remember saying to, to Peter, this, this is not the game that I've been umpiring in Australia. This is like a different sport. In the first session of play, there'd be four batsmen, four fieldsmen gathered around the batter and uh, they would all be within spinning distance and the ball would be turning at right angles. Clouds of dust coming up every time the ball pitched. Appeals every third delivery, it seemed. Yeah. It was it was a really hard workout. But I, I umpired there before and after the tsunami. I was going to ask that, yep. Yeah. And I believe I believe 160,000 people perished in that area yeah. uh, or, or very nearby. And uh, it was devastated. The, the fortress uh, only had one entry, and that was on the land side, the inland side. And anyone inside the fortress was actually quite safe. The tsunami swept by on two sides and just completely swamped the cricket ground, possibly to you know, 10 or 20 or 15 feet. Um, it, was, it was a massive uh, uh, wash. There was an English schoolboy cricket team about to play. I think it was 9.25 in the morning. And they were just about to go out on the field when the alarm went up. And they all scrambled into the grandstand and got as high as they could. And I believe one of the English lads had a father who was still sitting on the team bus. And that bus was just swept away. And uh, I'm not sure where it was discovered in in time later on. But 160,000 people perished. But those people were just so resilient. They love their cricket down there too, just like they they, they do in India, and uh, they're very respectful. They uh, they're always very colourful. There's chanting, there's singing, there's drums, there's music going on all the time, and it's just an exciting place to be. Um, especially if the the Barmy Army happened to be in town with the English boys, and then you actually get to hear your name come up a few times <laughs> in the Barmy Army song. <laughs> but so so Gaul is my is my special place. Seven test matches. Um, I did enjoy it. The groundsman there came to me the first day with a bottle of Jacobs Creek Chardonnay. He knew I liked the white wine. And I umpired seven test matches. Every single day of every single test, he would arrive after stumps with a bottle out of his fridge of Jacobs Creek Chardonnay. Um, so they looked after me pretty well. And, uh, and I, I really am still very, very fond of that place. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On.
South Australian's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. Welcome to another episode of Game On. Pete here again, joined by Malcolm and Daryl Harper was fantastic last week, just giving his insights into not only his favourite ground, but... uh, some of the stuff that went on, uh, obviously, during that period. Entertaining and educational. Absolutely. My summary of Harps last week. You know, obviously, we couldn't include everything in the previous episode, but he did also talk about Sachin Tendulkar and, and how he was such a gentleman and made sure he checked on him uh, during some of the, the riding that had been going on over there. And and obviously, as part of the goal tests, you know, he, he certainly enjoyed his time there. And a bottle of Chardonnay is not a bad, bad way. And they don't they, re- they did their research, didn't they, knowing yes. that it's a South Australian drop. All right. I'm sure Harps delivered well and truly in terms of drinking it. <laughs> I bet it did too. Around the grounds. Today on Around the Grounds, we're going to have a, a bit more of a, a look at some of the AFL practice matches and, and some questions about the AFL, the cricket internationally, the tennis, but we're going to kick off with the soccer, the Matildas, mate. Yeah, they've come good. Like They had that poor patch last year, but it looks like things might have been sorted out a bit. There was you know, a bit of internal turmoil in that. And yeah, so they beat Jam- Jamaica in the uh, Cup of Nations final, You know, put a during the tournament against Spain and put a 7-0 result behind them. Yeah, I think that was no. very important, obviously, for for their uh, progress into the World Cup. Uh, that was probably one they really, really needed to put to bed. Yeah, just a bit of, as we know, how much of sports played above the years and, yeah, a vital, vital improvement So before the World Cup. They looked very sharp too. That was the other thing. You know, they were scoring quite regularly. Uh, teams seemed to be gelling really, really well, and the cohesion was fantastic. And Sam Kerr was just her usual self, really. It feels funny to have a team where we were in soccer, or our world game football. Yep, football, yep. As yep. far as I'm concerned, still soccer. Um, we're, we're a genuine chance. It's um, exciting, and yeah, it's coming it's here to Australia. It's and huge. And uh, the, the um, Cooper Stadium redevelopment is all, all but finished now. It yep. uh, looks absolutely magnificent. Uh, probably missing a roof, but, you know, we can't have a roof on everything. But they look like they've done a really good job down there, and uh, it's going to be an exciting period. And just announced this week was the Australian teams heading over to England to play a couple of friendlies. Yeah, so some promising advancements there. In terms of a roof, you know, I don't think it rains enough here personally. Sydney, yes. Uh, yes, but, yeah. yeah. we might talk about that one a little bit later. Could be a chance. We move on. Last week we did Port Adelaide's best 23 for 23 and we'll have a look at Adelaide this week, mate. Yeah, I think Adelaide's probably a little bit harder and there's a few more, you know, I think the bottom of their list, it's toss a coin with a fair few. A um, few too many honest battlers still. I still think there's a fair bit of list turnover yet. Um, so we'll see how we go. All right, yeah. we'll start with your back line, mate. I've gone backline of Dodie, Butts and Parnell. I've, I'm very firm that you've got to play a small defender, mm-hmm. but I can't feel that. You know, they can't just play Malira back there and think, 
or Sloan, whatever. I think it's actually got to be a specialist small defender. Yep. So, well, I had uh, exactly the same, but I did have Miller in the in the back pocket. Yeah. But you're right, uh, Parnell's probably one that I've got on my supplementary yeah. list, which we can talk about as we go yeah. along. What about the half back line, mate? I've gone Dawson, Murray, Smith, or Dawson, Worrell, Smith again. I think that'll be decided in the next two weeks. I reckon at the moment that's probably a toss of the coin. Yep. I think the halfback flankers, are, I'd be surprised if those two didn't line up on the halfback flanks in the first round. Yep. But Worrell or Murray. Okay. Heads or tails. Heads or tails, yeah. I've got Chase Jones, Murray and Smith. Yeah. I think Smith's going to be that one that changes maybe a little bit with Laird. Yeah, he may. He with may. Laird, maybe with Sloan as well. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. Yep. Uh, your centre line, mate? Saligo, Berry, and look, I've gone for a bit of a dark horse in terms of the other wing, Peddler. Peddler's got to be in the 18 for me for Adelaide to advance. Yes. Uh, I had exactly the same. I had uh, Jordan Dawson, uh, Sam Berry, but you're right, I had Peddler on the other wing. I, I think he's shown enough last week in the, in the uh, tr- internal trial game to say that he's going to be getting some pretty good game time. I've seen enough of him at SNFL level. I'm a fan. Half forward line. Yep. I've gone Rochelle, Thilthorpe, McAdam, and full forward line, Rankin, Walker, Fogarty. Okay, I've gone Saligo, Walker, McAdam as the half forward line, yep. and Rankin, Fogarty, and Rochelle. Yep. But again, a bit like Port Adelaide last yep. week, there's going to be a lot of interchangeable players depending on matchups. Uh, also, you know, who's going to be changing on the ball a little bit. Uh, what about your ruck line, mate? Oh, look, I actually hope that Philthorpe is their first ruckman. Yep. I think that's the progression. That's the future. Look, I've gone strong. Look, I admit, I think O'Brien will be in there, which I don't agree with at all. I think he's just a, you know, he's the classic honest battler. Lacks any skill with palming the ball. He just hits it. It goes nowhere. His hit-outs to advantage yep. are poor. Yep. Um, so I'm Strawn, Keys, Laird in that regard. Uh, I'm O'Brien, Laird, Keys on yeah. the same basis that yeah. I think Riley O'Brien uh, will get the first yeah, ruck. So do I. I think he will, but I wouldn't. He wouldn't be in my side. Yep. But uh, I've got uh, on my interchange bench. So I've got Riley Thilthorpe changing yeah. as that ruck role as well. So a bit of flexibility there. Uh, Rory Sloan, um, McHenry, and Hately on the bench. Yeah, I've gone Malira Sloan. Either Worrell or Murray. Yes. Schoenberg. I think Schoenberg will be in their side. Yes. And look, only purely the way they've spoken him up in pre-season in Himmelberg, um, but I don't think he's a certainty. I think the next two weeks, you know, yeah, Max Michael Annie's around the mark and uh, a few others. I think there's probably, there's probably about 12 players vying for about five spots. Okay. I well, I've got... Uh, on my supplementary list of players that could possibly come in, I would have Shoal. Yes. McPherson, obviously when he's fit. Yeah, he's he's been the forgotten injury, been no, the no. forgotten man, but could help them down back a little bit more. Uh, Newchurch, uh, exciting. Um, but again, you've got Rochelle and Rankin ahead of him up forward. So where does he fit? Does he fit on a wing? Oh, look, I've seen an art of Newchurch at SNFL level. He's got to increase in terms of his involvement and got to be far better defensively, I think, for them to look at him. Yep. I think there's still a fair way to go there, personally. Uh, I had Max, Maxi, Max Michelini, that, uh, yep. you know, obviously his first yep. year, uh, father-son draft pick, you know, could could fill a role uh, across that half-back line if they needed. Yeah, and I will, uh, I will be giving him a wrap later on when we with uh, the Nord film night the other night. Very impressed. 
Might as well do it now. Yep. Very impressed to see the kid who's missed out, who's got dropped from the prelim final, be in the rooms wishing everyone luck and really involved. But a lot of players, the dummies in the dirt, you know, they've missed out. Yep. Spat the chewy, but he throwing was the toys out of the cot. Massive tick for me in that way. And, and I think AFL clubs look at that kind of thing these days in that, you know, it's not uh, all me, me, me. It's uh, it's about we, we, we. And basically it seems like he's put team first and I think that's uh, that's a bonus for the Crows, really. Well, I was with Phil Harper at, um, talking out of school probably a little bit, but he's very confident that he'll be 150, 200-game player. Uh, I can certainly see it now and, um, yeah, we wish him the best of luck. Bit of a tough side to break into at the moment. They, you're right, they do have a lot of players that are that... Honest, hard battlers. Yeah. A bit like the Sydneys of the the late 90s, early 2000s, where they were very much about, you know, being those oh. honest, honest, hard battlers uh, that, you know, don't give up a lot. But, you know, they've got an exciting forward line, so they just need to get it forward. And this is where they just maybe one key uh, midfielder, midfielder. Uh, short at the moment and a defender. So, you know, if there's... Players that they can pick up uh, over the next year or two, they're going to be quite dangerous. I'm disappointed they've discarded Crouch still so much. For mine, he still gets a lot of the ball. Um, I, I don't think Laird's a great user of it in the middle in that way yep. either. It's not long coverage, doesn't get a huge amount of yardage in general. Yes. It's a truckload of the ball. He's fantastic in that way, but I, I'm still, not, still well, not sure why they don't use Crouch in the middle and Laird at half back still, but... That, anyway. that was probably going to be my my next question was where does Crouch fit in and if he does fit in, where do you play him? And you've explained there you probably play him in the middle and gee, uh, Laird and, and Smith coming off that half-back line, that's pretty impressive. And, uh, and Dawson slingshotting forward to uh, Fogarty and, and, and potentially Thilthorpe. I would ranking. personally still play Crouch before Keys. Keys yep. for mine's just an honest battler. Yep. Hinge is another one who's around the mark there as well. So, as we said, there's a few players. McHenry. Yeah. There's a lot of toss the coins. There are. And and the trial matches are yeah. obviously going to sort of sort them in from the boys, so to speak. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how they do line up for round one. It, it seems like Matty Nix has a, a game plan in mind, a certain squad in mind, and... Look, let, let's just give him the opportunity. I, I think now is the time that you should start to see him shine. Yeah, hopefully a little bit. And look, I'd like to see Jones play as well. I, I think Jones... Chase Jones, yep. ...still used, yeah. Yeah, and he could potentially come up on that wing a little I mean, bit. Halfback. Yeah, yeah. halfback. Um, you know, like you said, you, you, you put Rory Laird across that halfback line. It, it sort of opens it up a little bit, doesn't it? My last question for the Crows really is, will Dawson be the... Correct captaincy choice. I always find kept being the selection of captain being questioned a bit amusing because I think it's got to be something which is only you only know internally. Yep, you really don't from the outside outside looking on. And the other thing too, let's also remember a captain's main role is coterie stuff off the ground. That's why I don't mind joint captains personally. Yep, yep. Um, it's not like they're a cricket captain and doing who who decides who goes where and who bowls and bats. And, what position they play. So, yeah. I'm impressed that he's been given the opportunity after being at the club for a year. He had a pretty good year by his standards, but I'm sure he'd like to have done a little bit better. But, you know, I think you're right. Internally, they rate him. Yeah. Uh, I think that the, the players definitely would have some sort of say in it. So, yeah. 
you know, if he's been elected uh, by the leadership group and also by the uh, match committee and the match staff, you'd have to say that it's a big tick. Yeah, and also Tom Doty hasn't committed for next season, which at the moment is you know a real worry. It looks like you know, the traditional when that doesn't happen does mean they're going back. So yep. yeah, that may nearly put him out of the equation to some extent. So. Is potentially losing him a, uh, a, a bit of nail in the coffin for Adelaide's rebuild at the moment? No, I, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think he's as dynamic as that. I'd like to see him used on ball a bit this year as well. So, yeah, wait and see. A lot of flexibility with the Crows. And um, uh, as we said last week with Port Adelaide, you know, we'll, we'll see how they go after a couple of trial matches and we wish them all the best for season 2023 and hopefully not too many injuries along the way. No, we'll go from there. We move on to cricket, to local cricket. We'll start off with the local stuff first. Uh, the Scorpions, they're off to a final again. Yeah, let's start with the good news. Yes, couple, good news. couple of wins last weekend against Queensland. Um, yeah, made the first game 234 and got bowled out in the 47th over. I was a bit worried there, but came through and bowled Queensland out pretty uh, and won that first game pretty convincingly. Yep. And then chased when Queensland got away to a little bit of a better start on the yep. on the Sunday. 227 around so. about then, that, yep. Yeah, chased it down and you know, it wasn't totally... Easy, but yep. still had a reasonable amount of command. So, yeah, a couple of good results. And they've got three players that are currently overseas at the moment in South Africa, I believe. So, yeah. you know, that's a fantastic result. And, gee, could we be here next week with a third trophy uh, for 2023 in the Cabinet for South Australia? Oh, there's a bit of depth in the women's cricket there with the, with the South Australia at the moment. Wish we could say the same thing with the men in that regard. Yep. But, uh, yeah, no... Um, Back-to-back finals, they played Tasmania last year, so there's a little bit of a a score to settle from that point of view. I think we're a bit better placed this year. It feels like we're a little bit better placed. Need Bridget Patterson to get a start and keep going, not get another 30-odd. We'll uh, watch that with keen interest. Uh, The broadcast will be on KO and also Cricket Australia uh, from 1.30 on Saturday. Uh, We'll be uh, keeping a bit of an eye on that one. I'm sure you'll be keeping a real close eye on that one. I'll have a look. Uh, I'll be on the Greens bowling that time, but I will be checking my phone. So uh, keep me updated, mate. I admit I'm hosting a uh, Paynham Pass Players Day where we've got a few... Premiership reunions on on Saturday, so oh, yeah. f- fantastic, mate. Uh, now we've done the good news. Uh, let's have a look at the bad news. The Sheffield Shield was an unmitigated disaster once again. Oh, look, and I'm I'm really angry with the selection. I, I, I spewing is a uh, my common word for it. Kelvin Smith continues in district cricket to be the the. Gun opening batsman. For mine, he's still our best opening batsman. I still think he's a better player than Henry Hunt. And he's not been given a chance. have sort of written him off. Cardiner, because he signed a four-year contract, has continued to play. Hasn't made a run. Failed again in both innings. And Nilsson pulls out on on the nearly the morning of the game. And they bring in Harry Mathias from Sturt. Now, Josh Barrett is the leading run scorer in district cricket this year with yep. over 700 runs, and he's done this consistently for years. Yep. For mine, and let's also remember they decided they are going to play five bowlers this game, and that, so we were, you know, going that, yes. Tom Kelly had been left out, so we played the all-rounder at six. Surely you go with the, the best batsman keeper at seven. Mm-hmm. Available. Now, it's either how it's carrier. Personally, I'd play Josh Barrett before I'd play... Harry Nielsen. Yes. So there's my thoughts. Yep. I I don't believe it was our best side 
available. And, yeah, it was a, f- a lot of angst amongst South Australian cricket. Yep. And it was very interesting to see Andrew Zesses actually go public and not just privately go public and go to town, which... Doesn't happen very often. No, and it generally doesn't hurt, help that person in the end. It sure. was uh, interesting that he was so vocal. Because of the heat here in Adelaide this week, I actually did get to watch some of the uh, the games on KO as well. And, yeah, it just seemed like we were outclassed. Uh, you know, just can't hold down partnerships. We bowled him out for 169. Yeah. You've only got to bat reasonably and get 230. Yes, put him under a little bit of pressure, pressure and around. it just never happened. Oh. Mate, why can't we back it up time and time again? And, and, and what's missing? What What's the missing piece of the puzzle oh, I here? I think we've probably answered that at depth. Yes. And... I'm sorry, I, selection for mine has, has been bizarre. I don't believe it was the best side available to play it on the weekend. So so obviously the, the sack of the women are doing fantastically. It seems like the selection policy or selection... Um, oh, look, it's only my opinion. Yeah, but, no, but no, no, but you, from the a... outside, as a non-cricket nut, yeah. you know, I love my cricket, but, you know, you love it even more, so you know a little bit more about it. But, you know, what's... Missing between the men's and the women's game, and, and yeah, you're probably right. It just gets down to selection and, and personnel. Oh, it's not only selection. Personnel. There's some other things off yep. ground which I which aren't right. You know, like we could go on and yep. on about that. Uh, but it's a like you know, we talked about the Super Bowl last week. You know, you've and, and baseball's exactly the same, and AFL seems AFL footballer seems to be the same. In that, um, you know, you've got to get your front of house right before the back of house performs. Exactly. So, and I think that seems to be where it's going at the moment with a lot of clubs. Geelong were a classic example this year in the AFL. Absolutely fantastic front of house. Their back of house performed. Um, and, and that seems to be the way forward. So, All right, mate, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back after and we'll have a little bit more of a look at some uh, general AFL. And uh, we've got a special guest tonight, Justin Starutsky. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Yeah, so the practice matches last week, mate. Take anything from them? Yeah, sticking with the AFL. Obviously, we sat here on Thursday night knowing that Adelaide and Port were going to be playing in trials on Friday night or Friday afternoon. A lot of players rotating through, obviously, at the Crows. Um, Some takeaways. Rankin was probably a class above. He was the one that everyone went to see. Uh, I thought Peddler was fantastic as well. Yeah, look, he's, he's for mine. I'll be the Adelaide big improver for the year. Yeah, Rankin just suddenly gives him a spark and probably will keep him in some games more. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not going to need that many opportunities. And look, if his body holds up, he, he, he can play midfield. Look, he can. You know, I remember he was in that under eighteen side when when we won the championship with Lukosius and that. And yep, I was a fair bit to do with. You know, I was talking to Luke Valenti during it, and he said the final. He said before, he said the goal stand up will be be Rankin, and sure enough, that was what he did. The first half. There yeah. you go. Uh, obviously, Taylor Walker looked like he's you know, fighting fit. Uh, Sloney got a run as well. Um, yeah, I think they're tracking okay, but you know it's going to be an interesting uh, weekend, obviously, over in, in Western Australia. Yeah, they're over there for you know, 10, 12, 14 days, basically. A little bit back and forth. Look, um, I, I probably never get too wound up on trial games. Look, I think they get West Coast in the one next week. Yep. Probably more of a chance there. Yeah, look, you just want to see a bit of flow of movement. And 
hopefully get through with no injuries and hopefully they get a bit closer to deciding what their best 23 is. Absolutely. I mean, obviously last week they had one team, the the possibles and the probables, and you know one team was absolutely uh, killing it at one stage, so they flipped the scores around and... And um, I think that was good match simulation as well. And like you said, there are a lot of good, honest battlers, but it seems like Matty Nix is getting the team together that he wants. Yeah, it's funny too whether, you know, we've got to discuss about the new recruits have. Look, Dowling, I commentated a couple of games he played in last year for North Adelaide, and mm-hmm. he's above the honest battler. He's clean, Yep, to be reasonably smart, went at the right spots. I know a few of the, you know, Scott Uppington and the coaches at North Adelaide rate him pretty highly. Yep. So I think him there's I think Nan Curvis showed a fair bit in the Sample finals last year. Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reasonable seems to be reasonably happy with Bond, 007. Yep. So I think there is a there's, bit there to work. There's with. a bit of upside, that's sure. Yeah. And the other thing that came across uh, my, my path during the week is that the amount of South Australians that are in the uh, Adelaide Crows at the moment, um, it's higher than normal. Yeah, I, I I don't think I think it's more coincidence. I don't yep. think they've deliberately targeted people uh, for that. Yeah, you know? certainly so, the go home factor has yeah, been a bit of an has, issue. But, but yeah, I'm sorry, it's not down at Albert, and they've got to judge themselves on that. Abs- so. Absolutely, absolutely. And the other thing with the Crows, just before we get on to Port Adelaide, uh, so how much influence do you reckon the new recruits will have in 2023 for Adelaide? Oh, I think there'll be positive stuff. I, I think there's. They're finally getting a bit more depth. I, I just hope they turn guys over and have a real good look. Yep. Aiming for to suddenly be more around the mark next year. I, I still don't think they'll challenge. I don't think they'll challenge for the eight this year. No. But I think they'll be. I just want to see improvement, and then to get think next year, yep. we're a chance to play finals. Is it a bit of a case of Adelaide uh, Premiership years mark two with how they're building the squad? Maybe. Couple Maybe. of couple of uh, classy players coming back into the team. Yeah, maybe, but they still rely a lot on Walker up forward. He's yep. still their main main key forward, really. Fogarty's so, going to have to have yeah. another, another good year and as well. Thilthorpe's got to come on. Absolutely. All right, we move on to Port Adelaide, mate. Port Adelaide had a trial on Friday night as well. Uh, Jason Horn francis was obviously the talking point, a bit like um, Rankin for the Crows. Got a little bit of a clip from Chad Corns during the week saying, you know, he can't expect to come and dominate straight away at Port Adelaide. Yeah, I reckon I'm not paying much attention yep. to that personally. No, I, I think Port Adelaide have got the list now that you'd have to say they've got to be challenging for top four. Yeah, I think so. I think their only doubt is the key defenders. Yep. But Bass has always been a big... And Bass is back. Uh, Nathan Bassett back as the defensive coach. Uh, they moved him back again. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always never been a person worried about height as much. Yep. That he thinks his way, you know, positioning your body and he probably... That does come back to his own career his a fair day, bit. Yep, so, absolutely. Um, Bast and I have had many a conversation over that over the years. So, um, yeah, I think they'll, they're going to be around the mark. How important is Lysette? Because yeah. they lost him a little bit last year and it just seemed like they just never recovered. And, maybe, and Aaliyah's in the same boat. Yes, maybe though. But Tickle came in and apparently Tickle started in their first side last week. So that was a little bit interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there was... Port think very highly of him. It is shoulder first game. Yep. And I know that you know, Jeff Morris and that thought think thought that he would have been picked earlier. Yes. And that helped get it helped us get Luke Sermon back. So as far as I'm concerned, I was very it was happy a win, selection. Win win. Yeah. Yep. Um yeah. So 
And Charlie Dixon, do we see him playing a little bit closer to goal or is he still oh, going to pinch hit in the ruck as well? I think I mean, he'll pinch hit in ruck, but yeah. I think he'll play mainly full forward. Yeah. Any others from Port Adelaide that tickling your fancy at the moment? Oh, I'm a Georgiatis and Marshall fan as well. I, I, you know, Rosie and Butters and those three. I think it's, there's a lot of excitement about Port Adelaide. Absolutely. With uh, Marshall and Georgiatis, how do they fit them all in? That's that's the question. Yeah, it's wait and see. Yeah. Horses for courses, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Fantastic. Mate, uh, Tasmania are one step closer today. The AFL announced that uh, the stadium deal might just about be over the line. Yeah, so it does look like it's going to happen. Um, look, they should have been, let's be honest, they should have been in the competition years ago. Yes. Um, it's, it's farcical that they haven't been. Yeah, I think it's farcical there's still 10 teams in Melbourne that it's really an extended VFL competition, yep. but that's another topic. Well, when you talk economically, I mean, really. You've got a team in Tasmania that obviously they're worried about the economics, but you're propping up teams in Melbourne yeah. as well. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't quite get yeah, why they weren't why. in earlier. I understand potentially why it hadn't happened, but you're right. Uh, it's an exciting time for Tasmania and gives us another uh, another team to uh, critique as we go along. And the mail is if they'd got Cadbury's over the line to sign a long-term sponsorship deal, it would have happened a few years ago, but oh well. There you go. That's a piece of news I didn't uh, yes. didn't know. So drop thank you the for inviting me. The odd me. one. No yes. worries, mate. Um, mate. And the last one I thought would be right up your alley. The AFL announced this week four umpires for uh, the upcoming season. Good call or bad call? If I get the positioning and the changeovers right, yes, I detest the positioning as an umpire at the moment, having the umpire out so wide in the pocket. Whoever came up with that idea because they are worried about umpires and players colliding, just has no, zero idea that that happens once in a blue moon mm-hmm. compared to having the umpire out in the crowd. And it, as soon as there's an, a switch, I don't care if you use Saint Bolt, you can't get in position. Yes. But the three umpire system, and all umpires say this privately, they're just not allowed to say it public, never worked. Yes. Because it really, the three umpire system is a variation of the one umpire system. So the third, uh, the umpire in the, in the centre corridor would run and work his ass off like a blue whippet, and then they'd switch over. Right. So it really was, if you can get the changeovers right, I, I thought originally when four got said it was going to come, I was in favour of it. Yep. But I don't think they've got the changeovers right. Okay. It'll be interesting to see. They're talking about a, a, a Z yeah. formation or a Z formation across the ground. Yeah. Uh, that's going to make it interesting. Oh, look, because the two-umpire system, honestly, you could come out with me now and... You would pick it up within mm-hmm. within a game or two. Yes, the three umpire system. I did it a few times, and you actually came off the ground more knackered yep. than what I did under the two. Because the three umpire system, you're doing more sprints. Yes, if you were the person who was just a reasonably good long distance runner, yep, your two umpire system was far better than three. My uncle did some umpiring. Who does listen to our podcast up at Mount Gambier, and yep. um, and you know he'd often comment on you know the, where the umpires are moving yeah. and out oh. of position and so on and so on. Whenever I'd catch up with him for a game, but um, yeah, yes. it's going to be interesting. I uh, won't swear. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Do you think we're going to be over umpired or? It comes down to personality a bit. Like someone like Ray Chamberlain is going to over umpire if, yeah. if he's by himself. He loves. He wants to be noticed. It's a bit bizarre. So yep. let's just wait and see. All right, mate. We will come back to the cricket. So the international tour yes. of India. Your thoughts, mate? Oh, it's become a uh, disaster of epic proportions, as I've got here on my run oh, sheet. Terrible. And let's remember, Australia have been lucky enough to win the toss in the first two games too. Um, 
and it looked like at seven for 154 after making 263, looked like, hey, we're going to ride we're going here. All right, yeah. And if we'd knocked them over for under 200, under yeah, 180 to 200, so you'd had a, a lead of 80 on. odd, yeah. I think that may well have been enough. But that one session of batting is the worst cricket I've ever seen. I admit we were in Melbourne. Yep. Uh, over in Melbourne, I interviewed Barmy at l- at a lunch on on Sunday, after, and then watching the cricket, mm-hmm. we were all just just jaws on the floor. It was just it was pitiful. I sat and watched the highlights. Uh, oh. I was busy on Sunday. Sat and watched the highlights Sunday night, and I could not believe that they were sweeping as much as they were. And you'd think after one or two. Getting uh, out because of that action, you'd think around the change rooms, hey, you know, I don't think that's probably the way to go. Let's go back to the player who dominated in India was Matthew Hayden. Yeah, now, he dominated on the sweep shot, but... But he's taller. No, no, but no, no, I want to go further than that. Okay. That he went over to India himself. He went over to India for a month himself and batted and worked on it all himself. This absolute... Arrogant garbage of no warm-up games, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll blame every country, not just India. Yes. It's 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 every country. And while we've got this thing that twenty twenty comps uh, rule the world, so there's no warm-up games, and Australia to be so pig-headed since and not admit that it was an epic fail. Mm-hmm. To no- so we'll bat in the nets in Sydney. Where, where's this bit of picking players from the nets? You now we've seen guys will. Guys look like Don Bradman in the nets and bat and bat like Benny Hill in the games, and we're picking. You know, Agar's now decided it's been decided he can't bowl from the nets. Yep, so it's, he's come home. It's ridiculous. The amount of players coming home uh, just shows that something's not quite right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Warner's injured, so yep. let's be fair there. I think Cummins. You know, I sus- suspect it's a. I, I hope his baby's okay. Yes, but that's. We're all worried about that. Yep. And that that's more important than cricket anyway. Uh, absolutely, so, yep. You know, and Hazelwood's injured as well and shouldn't yep. have gone in the first place. Well, the Achilles was never going to no. heal itself. So, not, not over in India, that's for sure. No. So, you know, I, I think in that way it's probably been a mount made out of a molehill in that way, but it's it's been a bit bizarre. But everything's gone wrong. I mean, the oh. selection for the first test was weird, jaw-dropping, going, yeah. hang on, how does that work? Oh. Then, obviously, uh, the second test, they make some changes, which is fine. Uh, bring in a guy or fly over a guy who, uh, who's been playing domestically here oh. and you've taken Agar with you. Uh, you're jumping at shadows because of the pitches. And then you go out and sweep and all out in a session. Um, it's and just all gone wrong. Oh, and the selection of Renshaw in the first place. like He's not a Darren Lehman or a Michael Bevan against spin. And how they came up with this big theory that he was the gun player of spin and will leave Travis Head out. Yep. Oh, wow. Travis Head, top scoring, uh, obviously, in the second test, second innings there. Yeah, look, it was good, but he had to go on with it on the Sunday. Absolutely. First over of the day. I, you know, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, does this signal the end of David Warner's career? Well, it was interesting watching him bat. Like, his first innings of the 12... It was a terrible 12. It wasn't three balls, hit, hit him in the middle, and then Nick won. Mm-hmm. He, he batted for quite a while, and he was just late on Sharma and, and that. He made Sharma look like Jeff Thompson. Yep. Um, and that, uh, the Indian quicks. So, yeah, look, he was 
He did look like the one where the eyes have gone. Yeah, reflexes mm-hmm. and. Yeah. And, we, and we talked obviously last week about the footy and how uh, some of the players can can you know lose it from one season to the next. Just seems like Warner's just a step behind the eight ball at the moment and doesn't look as sharp as he normally oh, has normally has been. I remember talking to one of our get our previous guest in Wayne Phillips about it when yeah. Flipper got recalled, and he played a game against WA against Bruce Reed here, and he admitted himself said to me afterwards, "Geez, man, how come I just yep, it's gone, it was gone, yeah." All right, mate. We move on to tennis. Yeah, the Woodies aren't speaking on speaking terms. I yeah, thought that was an interesting yeah, I, piece of news that came out over the, over the week. Mark Soderstrom, as part of his podcast, had Mark Woodford on, and uh, I think this was during the summer summer season, but obviously only just released. And uh, part of that conversation was that you know he doesn't really have too much of a relationship with Todd Woodbridge anymore. Yeah, it's a bit sad, you know, considering they were the gun doubles team Absolutely. for a long time. And, Absolutely. you know, that is teamwork in tennis, you would have thought. So, yeah, look, yeah. something's happened. This happens. And I think yeah. uh, as far as what Mark Woodford was sort of saying about it is that, you know, Todd Woodbridge had decided not to, to play on. Woodford did want to play on for a little bit longer. He played with uh, Jonas Bjorkman. Uh, in some doubles tournaments. Now, when it comes to the Legends Tour, the Woodies want to... Well, Woodford wants to get back the Woody's combination and Todd's probably not as receptive to it. So, yeah, you're right. Something has happened there, but uh, we're hopeful for a reconciliation at some stage. Yeah, look, it happens. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't I don't see Tyson Edwards and Andrew McLeod okay. going out together no. ever again. No, so, no, fair these enough. These things happen. They do. Anna Dockick, uh, she was trolled during the Australian Open. Um, you know, what has this world come to? Oh, look, it's a sad world. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not – unfortunately, it's not a surprise. Yeah. Uh, it's just the amount of crap which happens out there. And look, gone through with being hacked, ridiculous from Nigeria, and what I've been through with that. Mm-hmm. It just—it's bizarre. What it is bizarre where the world's at, especially here in Australia. I mean, she represented Australia. Yes, she uh, immigrated from another country. Uh, you'd think that Australians would show her a little bit more respect, but to hear her conversation on one of the ABC uh, Q&A sessions, she's breaking down going, you know, I was just trolled, you know, and about her weight. I mean, that's just disgusting. And it's just not right. And as sports people, we should be a little bit more uh, supportive of our past players and past legends of the the game. Yeah, all right, she didn't win a Grand Slam, but, geez, she competed at the highest level and, and did pretty well, really, at the end of the day. While I obviously totally agree with you, I'm bugger what else we can do, though. Uh, yeah, it's a hard one, that's for sure. And unfortunately, there's too many keyboard warriors at the yeah. moment. All right, we move on. Last piece of tennis news. Djokovic returns to the court for the first time since the Australian Open. Addresses a few a few rumours about his injury during the Australian Open. There seems to be some confusion over whether it was a three-centimetre tear or a bruising or a st- overstrained muscle. He's basically turned around and said, I'm not, not going to enter into it. I'm 100% now or close to 100% now. He's going to play in Dubai. Um, yeah, strapped up during the Australian Open, not convinced that there wasn't uh, anything wrong, but I'm also not convinced it was as bad as what it seemed. Let's just say I take him with a lot of salt. All right. Well, we wish him luck over in Dubai as well, and I think he's got, from memory, a an appeal with the the US to play in the yeah. US because of his vaccination issues as well. So we'll see how that pans out over the next couple of weeks. All right, mate. We'll uh, take a quick break. Once we come back after the break, we've got Justin Staritsky, the Bart, the Bart. 
Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Past players, past legends, past legends. Welcome back to uh, Past Players, Past Legends, and today we have a Nord past player, past legend. Also went on to play at a couple of VFL clubs. Justin Storisky, thanks for joining us, mate. No problems at all, Pat. G'day, Justin, a.k.a. Bart. We'd better get that over and done with start, straight away, Bart, because I don't think I've ever called you any anything but that. Where did the Bart nickname uh, start from originally, mate? Right. Well, the Bart nickname came care of uh, – well, I had a choice, actually. When I first started at Nord with a surname like Storitsky, they were looking for um, for a shortened version pretty quickly. And uh, I was offered uh, Igor because of Igor Stravinsky. Oh, yeah, and I was yeah. offered Bart because of Bart Starro, who I think played for the Green Bay Packers. So that yes. was my two choices. And so I gravitated pretty quickly to Bart. <laughs> yes, because I, I don't – I think I very rarely are you ever called Justin. So, yes, yes. So, we will we no. will on this occasion for yes. formal reasons, yeah, but you know. it's ba- it's it's <laughs> Bart right. it's Bart from now on. Yes, yeah. Uh, no, I've had uh, had some decent ones. The other one was at North Melbourne. I was called Hutch from Starsky and Hutch. So that, that yeah, was, that's true. That yeah. was the yeah. that was the other one. So that's um, a good one. but uh, all derivatives of the surname. Okay, uh, Justin. So junior wise, growing up, you obviously you went to Pembroke and that uh, start. Yeah, so school career and starting at Norwood, mate. Yep. Yeah, so basically, you're right. I, I, before that, I sort of grew up in the country, I suppose. Dad was a teacher or a yes. principal at school, so had my time around, you know, growing up, grew up in Snowtown for a while and Port Lincoln and um, was was born in Lucendale and then basically came back to Adelaide when I was about 12. And, that, and you're right, I, I started my schooling at Pembroke um, and played, you know, all my school footy there and was fortunate enough to have some some pretty good coaches Back then, through through Pembroke and people like Robert Odie, who obviously is a bit of a legend of SA footy. So, um, and then um, played what was back then the old Sandboy Cup. So had um, uh, some representative at sort of Norwood in the under 15s and some of those special squads, and then moved into the under 17s, um, probably in about 1985, I think. Yeah, that's about right. And making your debut against West Adelaide in round five in 1988. Yep, yep. So that was a really special moment because I had a pretty long association from a family connection with with Norwood. So both my grandparents were were life members. Um, My my grandfather was a sort of a, a delegate, league delegate. Um, on the SNFL and a, and a life member of the SNFL as well. And so, and, and my dad, Alex, had played yeah. um, a handful of games when he was quite young before moving to the country. So uh, there was a really strong sort of uh, Norwood connection there and it was a club that I'd followed all my life. And I was, I was given a, an opportunity probably um, reasonably early as a 17-year-old to play in that game against Westies. And um, back Back then, uh, you'd remember, Malcolm, that you pretty much sat on the bench unless yes. something went terribly wrong and someone got dragged or someone got injured. And so um, I sat there for, for three quarters and, and then came on at Richmond Oval and, um, yeah, have really fond memories of it. Fair to, fair to say that uh, the red and blue runs through the veins, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no I didn't have any choice and um, my kids have got no choice. It's, uh, it's pretty much uh, dictated right from the word go. 
Now, you, let's do that properly too. Your grandparents in Glad, Glad and Jack Ma- uh, Mason, hugely respected, not only at Nord, but as he said, in the SNFL. And also your dad, very, very highly respected in the school principal and the schooling environment in general as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank thank you for that, um, Malcolm. Yeah, no, that's right. And and Dad, you know, um, anyway, <laughs> quick to let you know, he was a pretty successful uh, coach at, at, at country level. Um, he coached Leesendale to a couple of premierships. Um, Snowtown certainly did some premierships as well. So um, really good uh, country football. He'll tell you he should have won a male medal, but he missed out by one vote or something like that. But um, no, he was he was pretty handy. Did Did you play any other sports as a, as a kid? Yes, tennis was yeah. the, tennis was a decision. So yes. right, right, right yeah. up my alley as well. <laughs> no, I did. I did. I played junior tennis. Um, so as a kid, uh, I think you, you know you, you gravitate and you go to you go to Sapsazas and you go to the countries. And then you, if you're lucky enough, you get you know a state Sapsazas. So I played all those sort of things. And then it, I think by the time I was fourteen or fifteen, I sort of had fallen out of love with the game a little bit. Um, I sort of been practicing and and you know competing for a fairly long time and at the end of the day I probably wasn't um, good enough anyhow but um, I sort of moved uh, and and sort of gave it away at 15 and then moved into playing more and more footy. Who who were the top players uh, around in that era tennis wise for South Australia um, yeah that you might have come across? It was in South Australia there was a, a, a guy called Jason Spear who ended up playing a bit of footy for Woodville West Orange. Yeah, not I a think bad. I was over in over in bowl. Melbourne when he. Yep. Yeah, he went and played, but um, but certainly in terms of nationally, like, and, and this is the sort of we play them in tournaments and be people like Richard Fromberg and um, Jason Stoltenberg and um, and um, Todd Woodbridge. They were all sort of players that that, that sort of um, that were around at that age. Some fair names there, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was a good time, and you know, I was really lucky because I got, I got to go away a lot as a as a kid, and that that. You know, it really forms a lot of um, good experiences at, at that young age to be able to go away and go into state with teams and and play, and it puts down a bit of pressure at times, and you, you have to grow up a bit. But um, that was it was it was a really good experience. And then the eighty uh, so nine, you had a good year, uh, twenty nine games. You played a fair bit of footy that year with all the foundation cup games and finished fourth in the BNF. So a good year then, and you know, obviously played a large part in in uh, North Melbourne picking you in the draft. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was that was my best year and, um, you know, I was still at uni, so you got to sleep in till, you know, 10 and, um, and so everything was footy um, and uh, I was I was pretty fit. I got the opportunity um, at the start of that season. I think I'd finished the year before playing the last final. So I'd, I'd played um, a few games during the year um, and then got reselected for our last final and and equipped myself reasonably well. And so I think they sort of earmarked me. Macca might have hurt his knee late in the season before, and so they they earmarked me to play um, in the centre. And so Barmy gave me that opportunity, which was which was great as an eighteen year old. And um, and I you know I managed to, to string a few good games together that year. Um, I'd actually been drafted the year before, um, and yep. um, and I didn't. I just mentioned um, I was talking to some people just before, 
And um, they asked me about that. And I said, back in those days, I didn't even know. I, I rocked up to the club and someone said, you've been drafted by North Melbourne. And, and so that was what it was like yeah. those days. And, and effectively, you know, there was no real intention to go um, straight away. That's for sure. Um, and in fact, clubs took a bit of a risk back then drafting you when you had effectively two years of a contract left because it wasn't a lay down, you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily go straight away over to, to, to Melbourne. And so, and that was never my intention. And in fact, it probably got, you know, it, it, it only really became um, relevant, you know, two years later. So you play 13 games in your first season, uh, 29 in your second, and, and then you're off to Melbourne. Uh, what was it like going to North Melbourne, mate? Yeah, it was really good. I mean, I had one more year after that in the SNFL, so, yeah. but I'd, pretty much played I think the first seven games and played in a city country which was an equivalent because they even played state footy back then oh, there was a they wouldn't the, the Victorians wouldn't play them so they played this um, bit of a novelty city versus country game and in that game I tore my my quadriceps and um, ended up missing my the whole rest of the rest of the year foot with it pretty much so it was a 15 week injury um, because it wasn't I, I didn't manage it very well and my first injury and so it was a really um it wasn't the, the best preparation to go over to melbourne um and i was pretty scarred a little bit um in terms of confidence in the leg um but yeah got over there um thought that north melbourne were going to be really good we had some really good young players including people like wayne carey and and glenn archer and all those sort of fellas and um you know in in the end it, it ended up being like that it was a great experience um Many respects, you go over there thinking it's going to be bigger and better. But you know, in a lot of ways, Norwood had better facilities. Yeah. They were, you know, really well coached. We had great coach Neil Baum at the time, and we had some unbelievable players that you know could have walked into um, a, a lot of um, BFL sides or AFL yeah. sides in the end. Um, you know, Michael Aish. Um, Keith Thomas had, had already been over there, but um, yeah, it was it was a different, it was certainly a different time going on over there. Were, were you a little bit disappointed that the Crows didn't come knocking? Well, actually, I was fortunate because I, 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 one of the things that happened when the Crows first came in was that they, um, they could have nulled 10, 10 players who were already drafted. And yeah. um, I was over in, in Melbourne um, and I was about to, to sign with North Melbourne and I, I said to um, Bob Ansett, who was their chairman at the time, uh, look, I, I just wanted to speak to my grandparents. Malcolm mentioned before I was pretty close to them that I was going to sign. And by the time I got home, there was a message from Bob Hammond to give him a call, and I had no idea about the crows at that stage. But he said, "Look, don't sign anything. We're gonna we're gonna put you on our on our list." And um, and so I sort of held back, and um, I, I weighed them both both up. Um, but it, it was in the end, I'd I'd been on a couple of trips away with the North Melbourne boys, and like I said, I thought they were going to be good. You know, there was a bit of um, uncertainty still around the crows, who was going to be coach, and a few other things, and. In the end, I thought, well, look, I'll, I'll go over and, and um, play a few years over there, and if, if I can come back and I do well, then I might be able to get back to the Crows um, down the track as well. So in the end, that never really um, came to fruition, but, you know, that was the thought process. But, yeah, I, I, in some in some respects, some days I think, geez, I wish I'd played for the yeah. Crows in their first year. It would have been nice. Mm. Yeah, I was wondering then. I, I did think of the bit where they were allowed to pick 10, 10 players. I was trying to work out where you were at with that, and you've explained it. I was thinking you're one year out in that way, and then I've realised, no, you would have been eligible right, in that right way. Right in, so. in the mix, yeah. yeah. And, then, yeah. Uh, and then you've ended up at Collingwood, and uh, it would be remiss if we didn't give our your favourite Collingwood supporter in Luke Reynolds a mention. I did let him know that you were going to be on the 
show tonight. He was quite keen about that, but he's a great man, Luke. He's a he's a ripper. <laughs> he remembers my time at Collingwood. Must have been a, a diehard Collingwood supporter. Oh, he's a diehard. But, um, yes. No, no, no. Look, it was a great experience again. You know, like I, I talked about perhaps North, you know, in their facilities. And then you go to a club like Collingwood where it's just a, another level and, you know, the the amount of support you go to a game every week, you're sort of 60,000, 60,000 plus. Um, it, was a, it was a great experience. Um, you know, once again, it just, I, was, I was disappointed that, um, you know, the, I played one game and, and then effectively the week after I got um, the shin splints and um, a stress fracture in, in, my, um, in my foot and, you know, there then missed the next sort of 10 weeks and that was pretty much it. Yeah, you didn't have much luck with your injuries overall, but... No, no, I was a bit of a crock. Um, you know, it wasn't great with soft tissue injuries and so uh, as soon as they started, that was sort of it. And then, you know, basically I... I, I I got a few um, broken little transverse process in my back, and and also did some um, did some you know like I said before stress fractures. So I was I was pretty high maintenance, mate. I wasn't uh, I wasn't very resilient. <laughs> at playing over there on some of the, the the iconic grounds, did you get to play at um, at some of the local suburban grounds like Windy Hill and and Victoria Park yeah. and yeah yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that was, and that was great, you know, like um, to be able to play at Windy Hill and, and Victoria Park was another one. Um, Arden Street wasn't, they'd, they'd pretty much finished up playing there. So we didn't, I didn't play any footy there, but, but the MCG and, and Waverley was still around then. Waverley was, you know, like a, a beautiful ground, um, long uh, drive out there, but it was a beautiful Arctic surface. Park, I, I hear. Arctic I've, Park, I've, yeah. I've seen, I've, I've seen, Nor- I've been at a game where Nord have won at Waverley at, against the Western Bulldogs. It was a great Western night. Bulldogs, yeah, it would have been the old Footscray back then, I'd yes. say. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, those Foster's Cup games, I mean, Nord were, were quite often getting through to the quarterfinals and those sort of things. and. But um, yeah, no, we, it was a great thrill to be able to play in, like you say, all those older sort of grounds and Western Oval. Um, they, they they were all still operating, and then slowly one by one, um, the, through the wisdom of the AFL. And I suppose in reality, the you know the I didn't get to see the outer and, and, and the, the facilities in the outer, which probably weren't great, particularly for women. So you know that that those days are, uh, are well and truly behind us now. But um, yeah, it was a great experience to be able to play on them. And I tell you the. Some of them were pretty hostile. It wasn't <laughs> when you when you think about Moorabbin and um, mm. running out there, and um, they used to have these these um, these the, the, the races which were yeah, just covered cages, by yeah. wire, and people yeah. would be just standing all over them, and, and um, you know giving you some pretty colourful advice, and, and maybe throwing a few few fluids on you as well. So uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty uh, pretty interesting back then, um, that's for sure. How would you compare, uh, say, some of those grounds to some of the SNFL grounds, the iconic SNFL grounds? Yeah, look, uh, they probably had a little bit more history around them. Um, I, I think, you know, they were certainly equipped for bigger crowds, um, you know, bigger stands. But um, they, um, they, you know, they're all pretty similar in terms of dimensions and so forth. Nothing's going to be bigger than Central's Oval out there. But, um, yeah, they were, they were great great experiences. And then you'd sort of, you know, if you played at Victoria Park, you could almost see the club rooms afterwards and, and the club rooms had elevators in them. And, you know, they were, they were big, big operations. And then, Bart, to you after the Collingwood bit, you had a few games with the Uni, Uni Blues, mate. I did, yes. So I actually, when I first start, started, I um, or finished up. I went out to um, old Melbourneians. I had a friend who who was out there, and he dragged me out there. Um, 
and I played maybe a year. But with, with Melbourne, it's one of those places, particularly if you've grown up in the country over here and you're sort of you, you don't like sitting in a car for too long, that if you don't play or live on the same side as your, your training venue, that's, it can be a bit of an a bit of an arduous task getting to and from training. So um, I only lasted about a year and a half. And then I also got uh, quite a bad kidney disease at the time. And so that, that sort of took me out of footy for a year. And then when I came back, uh, I was living around the corner from Uni Blues and um, just went out there and um, managed to have a few games and um, had a few games with the, the current CEO of the, the yes, AFL. Yes, I was wondering that. So, yeah. Yeah. So Gil was That's terrific. And so, yeah, we, we, I think we, we played in a state team, although I got injured the week before, so I didn't end up playing it, but we both got picked in it um, for, for the amateurs. And um, so, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, he was a good footballer, Gil. Lucky you're not a horse. Dogs finally broke down once, but <laughs> I know, I know, it was terrible. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Uh, wasn't all that. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't put much money on me. That's for sure. And then you came back to Norwood yeah, that... in 2000 for a bit. Yep. So had um, so pretty much hadn't played footy for for a few years because I went via London and worked over there for 12 months, and then I came back and I gave. Um, I just sort of thought I arrived back in Australia in. January, I think, and <clears throat> excuse me, um, gave uh, David Walker a call. I'd sort of kept myself reasonably fit um, on the way back and said, look, mate, do you mind if I come out and, and, and have a run around and um, see if I can finish my career where I sort of started? And he was good enough to, to let me do that, which was very generous of him. Um, and um, yeah, got once again, um, played reasonably well in the twos at the start. And then I, I rolled my ankle and missed six or seven weeks. And then and he managed to sort of play the last ten games um, in in the in the league side. So it was that was a great great thrill and great to be back involved with the club. And you, you've you know since then you've you've had a bit of coaching with Pembroke and Glenunga as well. On memory, uh, not well Glenunga only in the only with my lads. Lads, so, that's um, right. Yeah, goes to the mighty under six, seven, eights, and yeah. nines. I think probably up till. Until they were ten years old, and then I gave them a reprieve. But um, no, I love I love doing that. I love coaching the younger ones, um, and had a good time at Pembroke as well. Though that was my old school, um, yep. I had an opportunity to sort of help out a guy called Chris Mahaffey, who a lot of people would know um, involved in amateur footy. And then Chris's health wasn't the best, and so I um, I sort of took over from him uh, just to, as more of a help out, and then um, yeah, did that for a, a, probably a year and a half, and. Staved off relegation twice, so it wasn't wasn't um, wasn't the best. But you know, look in terms of we, we had a young group coming through, and um, I certainly enjoyed working with them. They were, they were good lads. You've got your photos up in the pavilion at Haslam, and I reckon it's uh, I reckon you've knocked Raf Sturk off as uh, no, I reckon Raf Sturk's got you knocked off for the worst photo up there, mate. So it's uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's good. It's 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 good. No, it was a great time. I, I really enjoyed. My time at Pembroke, both in the old scholar sort of area and also as a kid growing up. Did you have any aspira- other aspirations to follow on with your coaching, maybe at a SNFL level? Or? Um, no, I think what it, what it taught me, I always thought that I'd be a reasonable coach, but when, when you actually go through the process, there's a lot more to it. And it was probably one of those things that just identified that, you know, you know coaching probably wasn't, wasn't at that level, wasn't um, necessarily for me. So... Um, uh, you know, I'd always, um, like I said, felt like I'd contribute uh, in a football program. But um, yeah, no. Once I once I got the bug out of the system, I suppose, and and now just happy watching others do it. 
and give us a rundown. So as you're now on the board at Nord as, and uh, of the football director, give us uh, give us a rundown on your roles there, and we'll expand a little bit on the film, etc. After yep, that. yeah. So I've been on the board as the footy director for six years. I sort of took over from Michael Taylor when he finished up. And so, um, look, the role itself is 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 pretty much all encompassing in terms of footy. That you want to make sure that all the programs, whether they be the thirteens, fourteens, and fifteens, have got the right right people involved and and uh, you know teaching the right things and heading in the right direction. So I think you know I'm really really happy with where we're at with with those programs. It's also you know, since I've been there, we've we've had the women's program introduced and we've just appointed uh, a new coach in that, in that respect, a guy called Brad Snell, who's doing a terrific job. So um, yeah, it's 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 all things football. So who's in the roles? You know, what direction are we going to take in terms of um, recruiting um, style? Although you know, when I say that, I'm, I'm certainly not. Um, you know, what I do is just oversee it. I, I, I don't get involved directly in making decisions around players, and that I shouldn't. And that's decisions for for Jay, but it's certainly in terms of the type of players and our, our goal around perhaps getting younger younger players to the club. I, I think that's a, a good direction and, and the athletic profiles of those players is an important decision as well. And, and last year's premiership was a, a shot in the arm that, that Nord uh, needed? Absolutely, yeah, Peter. We, I mean, look, to be perfectly honest, I think it was maybe a year earlier than yeah. certainly I expected. Yeah, um, I think, um, I think, we're in great hands. I mean, we've got a, a super coach in, in Jade Rawlings. He, um, he's brought in a really, um, what I would call a final style of footy. So a really contested style of footy and um, just the way that he's built relationships, not just with the players, but throughout the club and building a really strong culture. So, um, so yeah, in, in summary, I think, you know, it was maybe a year before, but we'll certainly take it. Um, it was a, it was a great experience to go through and we've got a, a good young list that I think will be better not just for having another year under to, under Twig, but also because we've I think we've recruited well again. We've picked up um, Jackson Callow and Jack Saunders and and uh, Matt Ling and amongst some others, um, you know, including a couple more Tassie boys. Yeah. So I think we've recruited really well. But you know, having said that, I think that the competition is a sensational co- competition, and I think you know, um, Malcolm, you will attest to that. It's it's a it's a it's a terrific competition that gets better year on year and um, I think Glenelg and North and Sturt and, and all those other clubs will be around the mark again I, south and you know they, there's not an easy game in, in the SNFL well, I, I was with that. Andrew Capel uh, a couple of weeks ago and he said come on let's do our final five and that and I'll be honest we were humming both of us had only West Adelaide as as the outsiders mm-hmm. in that way and they did beat us last and you know they can't they were reasonable yeah. towards the end of last year so you know, yeah. I think there yeah. is a fair bit of depth there. Now, and- Absolutely. And, and, you know, just on that, Malcolm, you, one of the things that we've got to be really, really cognizant of is that we we won or we played in, what was it, I think seven, seven games or maybe even eight games that were decided by less than seven points. Yeah. You know, of, of which we won five. Now, if you, you know, if we'd lost another two of those, we, we don't get a double chance. Yes. And, um, so, you know, it, it's a really, we've, we've really got to be mindful that, um, you know, we certainly didn't dominate the competition. We, we played really good footy and we, we won the games that we needed to win when we, when we did it. And, and, and we, we, we're certainly a developing group, but um, yeah, the, the competition and, and just for that, you know, Woodville, um, West Orange will be, you know, they'll Probably be far better, better again yeah. next year and they've been strong for, for a long time. So, um yeah, look, it's 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 going to be a, a really good season again of of sample footy. 
and you've launched your movie career this week, Bart, too. Uh, uh, the movie Fortis. Um, go through that experience, Bart, a little bit there with what – and then I'll I'll give you my couple of highlights. Your view. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to hearing your critique. But, um, look, I, it was the brainchild of, of James Fantasia, who, um, you know, Fan is just such a great person for the Norwood Footy Club. He lives and breathes it. Um, he's he supported the club all his life. Um um, and, you know, him alongside Paul D'Ulio, who I think is the best president going around, um, the amount of work that they do for the footy club is incredible. So I just thought I'd sort of add that before I get onto the documentary. But it, as I said, it was his his brainchild. He um, came up with the idea of the, the week of of the um, of the grand final, basically getting a young lad in called Miles um, McEwen, who's, who's Father James is on the board with me, um, and he's a very talented young man. And he basically just um, followed us around, and we have a regular catch up. Myself, Paul, James, uh, Twig, um, and um, last year um, the footy director, oh sorry, football, football manager um, Rob Harding. And so we do that. And Mark every Robinson. Um, yeah, every Monday we we catch up, and so he was there the first time when when we caught up on Monday, and then stayed throughout the whole week and. Got, got access on grand final day to do everything. And, um, you know, as a result, he's put this documentary together, which, um, you know, everyone was saying it was it was, it was going to be good, but I was really, really surprised at just how good it was. I thought it was, was an excellent production. Except oh, look, for my bits. That, that was the, that was no, the no, downside. No. No, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I've just got to give you the news. You've missed out the Academy Award. I think the Wolf <laughs> Blast has got that sewn up well and truly. Well, he was never going to beat him. I was never going to beat him. He was um, he was outstanding. He was outstanding. Look, my highlights out of it was I think it showed the genuine care, passion, and empathy Twig's got. You can see why he's so well respected by the group, and why there's such been a buy-in into the system where we weren't the best side and still managed you know to win the premiership. And I think that really came through pretty strongly. And I was also I was really glad that Twig made the point that Matty Panos, he re- he mentioned about our culture with Richmond, and he also mentioned that Matty Panos is as good as any player he has been involved with in coaching and dealing with. And mm. for those of us around the traps who are just stunned that Matthew Panos hasn't been on an AFL list since Bass basically told Port to in 2014, that he mm. is the best player in the, in the comp, and... Yeah, I, I I enjoyed that bit. Look, I love just Wolf Bass's passion. Let's let's be honest. That mm. was that was the highlight. It was, it was funny, but it was it was genuine. It was yeah, quite like Paul was doing very well not to uh, to yeah. Paul Delio next to him to keep a straight face. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, they were my highlights out of it. You know, I didn't think it was quite as in a circle as you know as as I said, and it can't be. Um, yeah. But yeah, for mine, they were my highlights. Yeah, look, I think your reflection on Matty Panos and, for that matter, Jade, you know, showing his vulnerabilities and I yeah. think that's a, you know, a fantastic thing and you can see why his playing group gravitate to him and, um, you know, he's so articulate as well and, um, you know, so I think that that's definitely a takeaway and, as you say, um, the great man, Wolf Blass, uh, incredible um, benefactor to the club and what he's been able to do, which is, you know, can't be underestimated the way what, what he's provided um, back to not only our supporters, but, our, you know, our, our players, our, our club, our administration, everything, just in terms of the facility um, and, and having someone of his profile um, being so enthused about being an award supporter. 
Um, you know, he 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 openly admits that you know this is his club, and you know he wants yeah. to support Norwood um, rather than you know potentially AFL and and so forth. So that that's a so it's such an amazing thing for him to do for us, and um, you know we'll be forever grateful. And, and your reflection on Matty Panos is absolutely 100% right. You know it's a, it's amazing that he's not on an AFL list or you know didn't play um, or get more AFL opportunities because you know he's a he's a complete professional in everything he does. Yeah. Um, you know he, the way that he's brought himself back. Um, you'd remember the game that his first game back. Yep. Um, you know, I, I joke with him and I had sort of four goals and twenty possessions, and he's probably well, he certainly gave me the four goals, and he and he probably had more than twenty possessions. But yeah. um, you know, he he um, you know that that's a reflection on how well he prepares and and just his talent. You know, he's he's a he's a special player and um, special leader at our club. And it was no cute show. It wasn't a coincidence that we won eight out of the nine games Matt played last year. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because a lot of those games just take a little bit of poise at times, someone to, to finish and, you know, kick a goal when, when we needed a goal kicked. And, um, you know, that's really important. And, I, you know, like I, everyone talks about the goal, but, you know, Matt would be the first one to say, you know, what about Jack, Jacob Kennelly's block? And oh, I think that's the really yeah. important thing that from a club that we've continued to focus on those things. And internally, you know, that's that's been given just as much um, kudos as, as, as Matty's, Matty's goal, um, you know, maybe not externally, but certainly internally, that those are the things that that are, are what we call fortisacks. You know, oh, they're, they're just so important. Very much so. And look, Nunny being injured last year and Jacob Kennelly stepped up. And mm. look, those of us around knew that after Luke Valenti, we'd heard Luke Valenti, he's you know, brilliant and he's the best leader I've been involved with as a junior, heavy involvement with him. But then uh, Jacob following up him at Ross Trevor and they've been really good feedback about him as a leader and then he just stood up and he was really the football leader and he consistently did things like the blocks blocks like that it was really you know there was one one game afterwards and I said geez that's a good block for Javo and he said geez you do watch Malcolm and yeah you know yeah. stuff like that which the average person might miss and it, because we've all watched uh the King's goal I think I'm up to about eight million five hundred and seventy six thousand three hundred thirty two. Um, we've all watched it so many times. You you really notice that, but that's Jacob all over. Yeah, yeah. No, no it's a really good observation, and um, he is. He's a he's a guy that leads on the field, you know, as well as anyone. And you know, along with 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 Matty Nunn, who's you know a great leader, and um, so we're, we're you know where where we were sort of you know I mean airing probably three years ago. Where's our crop of good leaders going to come from well you know it's it's amazing when you give them the opportunity how much they can flourish and now you know along with Jack Hurd and and Harry Boyd and Declan Hamilton and all those sort of guys we're really developing some strong leaders and you need you need that because they're the ones that that win you those games when you when you you need them to win them and and when they're close as well so um no I think it's um it's a really good observation on your part. So you made mention that uh, obviously Jade Rulins is the uh, or Twig is the the man to steer these guys. Were you involved in getting him to the parade? Well, yeah, I can <laughs> I can put my hand on that. Yes, I was. Yes. So uh, yes. you know, we went so six years ago. So on the roll, so um, and probably what was it now? Jade's in his his third year. So um, yeah, we we parted ways with Jared Cotton. Um, what was it? three years ago um and so as a result of that we we went to market and fortunate enough to have someone of jade's quality um come up um you know there was a lot of um 
logistics that still needed to go through to, to, to get him over the line. But yeah, we, we were we were pretty um, pretty keen to get him and so pleased that we, we ended up being able to do that. So yeah, we're and very lucky to have him. Let's not uh, miss what Jade's done himself with his family, still being back in Tasmania. It's been quite extraordinary, really. Um, yeah. He actually lived with yeah. Stephen Marshall for a while, so as well. So yeah, massive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, been, he's been exactly right. He's but been when he came over, well, I think yeah, it was a, it's a good little story behind it, you yes. know, because I think um, Paul got got Stephen to give him a call while he was still premier, and um, and and welcome him into the club. Um, and at the same time, he said, "Oh, where are you staying?" And Twig said, "Oh, well, I haven't got anywhere to stay. I'm still trying to work it all out." And uh, and the the premier of the time sort of offered his place for a week, and so uh, and funnily enough, I think it was just when all the the lockdown started yeah. as well. So so Twig was sort of in the in the war room as all the the information's coming through and so forth. And um, yeah, look, it was very very generous of <laughs> of Stephen to offer that. But um, you're right. I mean, it wasn't easy, and it hasn't been easy for for Twig. But he's such a pro. Um, you know, he, he's developed really strong relationships. Um, you know, with all with all the people at Norwood, and um, um, but um, fortunately this year he's he's bought um, Sally and the, the the kids Ed and Macy and and Millie all over. So um, so yeah, he's he's far more settled um, now and um, looks forward to sort of those kids are all off to school and all pretty being pretty settled, which is great. And he really hammers how you know it's he's really Norwood Football Club. He's he's here. The longer I think, if he actually got offered an AFL coaching job, he would knock it back. That's that's um, he's really bought into the Nord Football Club. Yeah, right from the word go. You know, like he he, um, he he's a self confessed football nutty. So yep. a bit bit like you and me, yes. Malcolm, and, yes. and potentially probably you, Peter. I yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, you know, like he. he he knew of Nord and its history and, um, you know, can remember watching, um, you know, back in the old days, Malcolm, when they probably would have televised the grand finals in, yep. in Tasmania as a kid um, growing up and watching them. So he he knows all about every every club throughout Australia, whether it's, you know, in Western Australia or, or Northern Territory, just because he loves footy, loves watching footy, loves analysing footy and, and, you know, that's that's why he's so good at what he does. I think, I think uh, my observations of Twig is a bit like Bass. You know, they they live and breathe the the Nord Footy Club, and and it's part of that new age coaching that uh, it is all about the members, and they want to get involved, get them involved as much as possible, and 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 make it about them as well. Absolutely, it's about building relationships. Is that like the number one key thing? And that's that's what he talked about when he first got interviewed, and that's the way he's he's basically lived and and breathed since he's got over here. It's about Building relationships and um, and um, you know developing a, a culture that you know he can be proud of, and I think it's probably a reflection on you know what what these guys get exposed to at, at AFL. You can't you know Jade was in the in the AFL system for for a long long time, and um, you know would have been exposed to so many different things and so many you know great people as well, and um, you know he's brought a lot of that stuff. Um, what what he can implement because they're not full time players, but he he's certainly been able to implement a really strong program in in a, you know a relatively short period of time in two years. Yeah, I think he also likes being out of the AFL out of the AFL rat race to some uh, thing, and you know yeah, you're not you're not, a, you're not just a yeah. person. You're actually he yeah, he, he um you know communicates with everybody, and you you're actually. And that's where I prefer SNFL. You know, you're actually a member at Nord, and there's there's connections there where you're not 
member number one four seven eight seven six three, like you are an AFL go. But that's that's me. I admit that. Yeah, look, I think that, I think that's a pretty fair observation as well. I think you know he's a, he's a Tassie boy originally, so you know living in Adelaide's it, it's 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 not as busy obviously as Melbourne, but it's a it's a little bit busier than Devonport, and um, you know he he can get his his parents over regularly, yeah. and so hopefully you know that that's the plan. I, I my, my dream is that he you know he loves Adelaide, and Sally loves Adelaide, and, and they're they're very settled, and um and and they, you know it's certainly a good start from from you know from winning the premiership last season. So yeah, I, I mean, and the other thing about that is that. Yeah, I think he's a he's a senior coach as well. That's you know that's that's his passion. He wants yeah. wants his own side, and that's why he's yeah. been so good because he's been able to mould the whole program and um and he gets involved with the under sixteen program. He gets involved in the 18s. He wants to be involved in 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 critiquing everything about our footy program, which is invaluable. And that's what you want from your senior coach as well. Definitely. Well, it sounds like all the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. Hopefully, this year for a successful back to back assault. We, we certainly hope so, Peter. We fingers crossed we could do with another another premiership down at uh, at the parade. So we, we're we're hopeful. We're we're sort of working hard, and um, we've got some good pieces in place. Um, and um, yeah, we, we we think we're we're headed in the right direction. And when you brought Jack Hurd up uh, earlier, you knew that he was very well coached in Sapsaza for East Adelaide as well, uh, Bart. So yes, yes. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Jack Heard, I had him for a couple. I actually originally had Jack Heard when he was in grade two uh, for Auskick, and that's where the whole Rewalt bit came from with his blonde hair, and right, that's where he'd wear the St Kilda number twelve Guernsey. So that's where the the Rewalt bit ca- back uh, actually comes from, right back from grade two. So, right, yes, yes. right. Yeah. You you identified talent at an early age, Malcolm. Uh, yeah, I, I still reckon, I still really rate his brother Finn. I I'm not giving yeah. up on Finn yet. No, 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 no one is. I think yeah, and Finn's a little bit bigger bodied, so they just take a little bit of extra yeah, time. But he's still young, and he's he just needs a, a bit of continuity, a bit of bit of luck, with confidence, his injuries and um, and a bit of confidence. But he he started to play some good footy towards the back end of of last year as well. So um, you know, he he's going to be good, Finn. All right, mate. Greatly appreciated, yeah, uh, thanks, Bart. mate, for that. Uh, no yes, worries and, at all. Uh, I'm sure you'll still be waiting by the phone for the uh, for the phone call from the academy directors as well, Bart. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Malcolm. I appreciate yes. your support on that, mate. But uh, I, I won't be waiting on the phone. Oh, one that. last bit with Bart. Let's remember to so with Justin when the um, AFL women's games first came and we got the game at Nord Oval. And yep. I've, I've turned around, sitting with Justin in the stand, I've turned around to Justin and gone, now, if I'd said to you five years ago that the next time Nord Oval will be packed is women's football or local cricket is getting forty five, fifty thousand 50,000 crowds at, at Adelaide Oval, which one would you have considered the more bizarre statement? And Bart's <laughs> gone, it's a bloody good point, Malcolm. I'm not really sure on that yeah. one. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, no, it's certainly, um, it's certainly, and, and look, Mate, you went to that game on Friday night. I thought it was the best game of women's yes, footy so I. I've seen in, at SNFLW level. It was um, it was outstanding. So, um, yeah, look, and I think we've got a really good coach in, in that area as well with Brad Snell. So um, I think they're, they're, they're headed in the right yeah, direction. Good but numbers at the, a, at the game too. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was a beautiful night. It was a great, great contest. A little bit of aggression from both the teams, which is which is yeah. nice to see as well. And, um, yeah, I thought the quality of footy, you can just start to see 
you know, their hands are getting better. Um, yes. You know, some of the overhead marking was terrific. And, um, yeah, we, we're, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a great spectacle, great spectacle. I thought that was a significant improvement. It yeah, really did. yeah, no, it was, it was outstanding. So um, Ho- Hopefully yeah, that game's the ben- benchmark for the uh, remainder of the season. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. Yeah, I think um, if we can get more games like that, I just think um, more and more people will come. And, um, yeah, it's a good night down at Nord Oval and having a, having a Coopers and watching any footy. Well, so sounds like a plan. I think our bar trade was pretty reasonable on the night too. It was probably better than oh, a lot of league games because of the weather. So Yeah, yeah a- a- Absolutely. Yep. Yep. No. So if we can do get a couple of thirty plus days on when the gather round happens, then that'll be perfect. Yeah. Well, mate, thank the, you the very much. will be sitting over. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Thank you very much for uh, letting us in a little bit on your career earlier on, but obviously your role as the uh, Nord Football Director and uh, what's going on down at the parade at the moment. Um, I will definitely be there this year supporting the mighty Redlegs, and I know my co-host here, Malcolm, he'll drag me along if I'm not. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, that'd be good. I'll introduce you. I'd like yeah. to be nice to say Definitely hello. Will, Obviously, Absolutely. I'll see you, Malcolm, and yes. yeah, I'll, I'll say hello to you, Peter, when you come up. Absolutely, but, uh, mate. Thanks for the chat. You're thanks. welcome, mate. Thanks, Bart. Okay. Take care. Thanks, mate. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Welcome back to Game On. We've just finished speaking with Justin Staritsky and uh, yeah, he gave us obviously a little bit of insight into his career, but his work at the Nord Footy Club. Yeah, as director, as in charge of footy director at Nord now, and uh, yeah, a bit of fun stirring him up about his role in the, in the uh, film Fortis. Yeah, yeah, he's waiting by his phone for the Academy Award nominees to yeah, come in. I so. think he might be waiting a, a little bit longer yeah, than most, but uh, you know, Wolf Blast took the yes. the honours on that occasion. But three um, votes. <laughs> Three votes. But, yeah, no, we, we thank Justin for his time tonight and uh, and we look forward to hopefully him directing the Nord Footy Club to a back-to-back premiership this year. Exactly. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate and subscribe. Happy Days. And uh, for happy days today, we're going to stick with the Nord theme. Michael Ash, happy birthday this week. I actually made sure that I rang him as well to wish him happy birthday. I it was a couple of days later. I actually uh, rang him today for another matter as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good chat to Ash today. Oh, look. Two-time premiership player, 82-84, McGarry medal in 81, 307 games, 449 goals. We've had him on our podcast. Uh, we wish him a big happy birthday. Yeah, I just wanted a bit of health advice off him today, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, yep. and he was great. Fantastic. Mate, we'll stick with the happy birthdays. Uh, David Pittman, happy birthday. Very dry sense. So I'd love to get Pitto on. I doubt whether we will, but he's a very, very uh, very funny man, David. Yep. In his own way. Two-time premiership player yeah. with the Crows, 131 uh, games, 34 goals, five games for SA. Drafted by Essendon in yeah. 1989, but uh, traded to the Crows yeah, in 91 in that period that we yeah. were talking about with Justin earlier, and debuted in 92. And we can't leave out that uh, famously got the spray from Malcolm Blight for the pitiful Pittman yeah. at the MCG, which was a bit unfortunate, but yes. maybe it drove him to bigger and better things in uh, 97. Likes talking about anymore. I'd rather go about his his role on Stuart Lowe in '97. Yep, you know, playing as a key defender. You know, played all most of his footy obviously as a as a ruckman. Yeah, but, you know, he stood 
and then stood Tony Lockett in the 98 final series. Mm-hmm. So he was flexible and a vital player in the Crows 2 premierships. Doing a bit of research there, I did notice that he did play uh, down back a little bit yep. and that did surprise me a little bit knowing that you you knew him for being on, on the ball and, and rucking most of the time. But, uh, yeah, flexibility is great and uh, good Nord boy as well. Yeah, no, and he was very good at that in defence. He was he's pretty footy smart, Pito, and he's been involved. You know, he's assistant coach of Port in Port's flag in 04. Yep. Yep. No, respect him greatly. Absolutely. And like I said, we'd love to get him on at some stage if we could, but we'll yeah. see how we go. Mate, cricket, 2010, the man we talked about last week with uh, Daryl Harper, Sachin Tendulkar, scores the first double century in one day international cricket. Yes, and we did speak briefly after that about Peter McIntyre. He's away for a couple of weeks, but he, I reckon we'll get him in about three weeks. Fantastic. And, and Sachin Tendulkar, uh, not only a gentleman, but really the GOAT. One of the goats, you know, he's on that Mount Rushmore that I yeah. talk about on on previous occasions with other sports. I, I'd say Sachin's definitely there. He he once he was in, he was really in. You virtually felt like yeah, you might as well when, go to the, yeah yeah, might as well go to go to the beach for a couple of hours, whatever. Come back and he's you know, got 150, 160 and he's still Martin going. Martin Crow was similar like that. Where Brian Lara would cart you, but you always felt you were in a chance of getting him out. Once Tendulkar was in, he was in. Yep, bed and breakfast. Absolutely, and. Yes, yeah, still uh, doing some really, really good things. We move on to golf. Uh, 2021, Tiger Wood crashes his car in South Los Angeles, injuring both his legs. Yeah. Uh, tragic set of circumstances that led to that, but he's back on the tour. Yeah. Uh, played a couple of rounds last week. Didn't make the cut, but uh, good to see him out on the golf course. Yeah, and you wonder what could have been. Yeah, you know, like what happened off course, obviously, off, you know, with, with his life. Yep. Um, yeah, he's still got well and true claims as the greatest, but he could have been on another level again. So yeah. I know, obviously, at the moment he, he's probably struggling to he he will struggle to walk seventy two holes. Mm. Um, you know, I know they don't let golf carts, but for players, but you you sort of wonder whether if they could prolong it, it could be very very helpful for the PGA if he's uh, you know. Only, Still able to play. It only helped numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Attendings. But then again, his son is up and coming as well, yeah. and, and I think that's a bit of a priority for him yeah. as well. So, All right, we'll scoot into the big finish. Yes. Extra time. Big finish. All right, mate, we're going to stick with the AFL tonight. We, we, we did the cricket last week where we bookended them a little bit, so we'll do the the AFL footy this week. But my first question, will Brisbane go one better and earn a grand final appearance this year? Oh, it's a hard one because Adam's getting injured is vital for them. So whether they're going to be good enough down back um, and that, yes, they're going to have plenty of the ball going their way because mm-hmm. Ash, Ashcroft, you know, getting him in and yep. Dunkley means the ball's going to go their way. So let's toss a coin. I'm going to go no. Okay. Uh, I'm a... Yeah, I'm a bit on on the fence on this one, yeah. but I am going to make a decision either way. I reckon this year is their year. I think I, they've been around the mark. I just think that there's just something that's going to drive them that little bit further this year. I think this year is if they don't get there this year, yeah. the window starting. You know, Lockie Neal will be another year. Yep. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I just think that this year is going to be the one that they they have to do it, and they, I reckon they will. Uh, can Took Miller win this year's Brownlow Medal? One, he's hurt a hamstring, and we wait and see on how bad that is. They're saying he'll be okay round one and mm-hmm. all that. There's 
let's face it, we always, that said about everyone this time of year. He had a great year, great year last year. Oh, he had a fantastic year. Were they going to win enough games and, and improve? They get Max King back. Um, not Max King. Ben King. Uh, to get him him back makes makes them right. You know, that changes them dramatically. Yep. But there's not a lot of people that are going to take votes off of him. And if he has the breakout year that, that he did last year, uh, he could, could go pretty well um, this year coming. Oh, look, he's, he's certainly a chance that, you know, I'll go no purely on the um, on the stats wise that let's you're better off to back someone else out of three hundred players to one so. absolutely and uh, yeah I'm uh, no on that one as well I think he'll have a really good year and I think he's starting to get noticed by the umpires a little bit more and yeah uh, health and fitness is obviously one thing but being in a reasonably supportive team um, you know they're going to struggle a little bit so it's going to be interesting of course his highlight of the year will be playing on Nord Oval you would think so yes why not exactly all right. North, North Melbourne, mate, how will they go? Yeah, question is, are they going to struggle under Clarkson this year? That's probably my first doubt about North Melbourne um, because he's obviously got to rebuild the, the list that he wants. Yeah. Sec- second one is I just don't think that they've got the cattle to to improve this year. Look, they're coming from a long way back. They are. Uh, and that's probably what needs to be remembered. Uh, okay, there's... Things that the few things are looking a bit better, like Will Phillips has had, you know, number three draft choice. Hecklangela mm-hmm. Fever didn't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Cunnington back after testicular cancer. Yep. So there's a few things there are looking better, but yeah, I'd still hold the phone a bit at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to struggle as well, mate. Could Port Adelaide have an interim coach by the mid-season buy? They could, but I don't think they will. I think they'll start pretty well. I've got the I. Had a look at the first five, and I reckon Port will win four of the first five. I've, I've, so. I've got Port winning probably three out of the yeah. first five. So, and yeah. there's going to be a couple of very interesting games yeah. in there. The Brisbane one, round one's going to be an absolute belter, really, at the end of Huge the day. Game. Yeah, and, you know, if you're one and zero or zero and one, it's going to be very yes. interesting. Obviously, we talked about Port Adelaide, but Beverage is probably under a little bit of. Yeah, you would think so, but I think, I think he might have signed an extension. We'll, we'll check that out. Yeah, uh, during this week. Yeah, but hey, <laughs> I made it St Kilda. Brett Ratton signed yeah. an extension and got clipped pretty much all ninety days later. So it's embarrassing incompetence, though. Yeah, I'd, yep. Beverage still has got a flag under the belt there. Um, he does have a little bit more currency. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, with the raft of new coaches this year, you've got to say that they're probably the two biggest ones that are under the under yeah. the most amount of pressure. Yep. Will Ashcroft, mate, will he dominate? Will he win the Rising Star? Yes, yes. he will. I don't think I can need to flip a coin on that one at all. No, uh, he stays healthy. I think he's going to get great game time, and I think he's going to be yep. just what uh, Brisbane need to light it up. Oh, he'll be a Walsh sort of season as well. Uh, Sam Walsh, you know, when Carlton was yep. his first year. And, yeah, look, Brisbane were adamant that they would, if he'd been available, they would have played him last year. Yep. So... Yeah, I think over a year like Dacos did. And I think Ashcroft's got a little bit more support around him. I mean, geez, you know, you sit there with yeah. Lockie Neal and Dunkley. And Dunkley, and you just sit under those guys and, and watch what they do. Yeah. And I think he's he's in a better place than what Walsh was at, at Carlton. Yeah. And finally, are we going to see a Twilight Grand Final become a regular fixture from now on? No, I don't reckon we will. No, still yeah, day still grand final? I think there's still a fair bit of opposition against the twilight bit. Yeah. I, I admit I prefer the day grand yep. final. Yep. Um, but 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think they're looking at all avenues. Uh, again, flip of the coin, but I reckon it's still going to remain while Gill is in the seat. It'll still remain a day grand final. Yeah. Yep. I'm, with, I'm on the same page. Absolutely. All right, mate. We'll leave it there. It's been one hell of a hot day and one hell of a big episode. Um, we just want to give a little bit of a shout out that we are looking to visit some local clubs over the next couple of months and do a live broadcast from those clubs. So please get in touch with us and put your club forward for that. And we're obviously trying to get to a couple of SNFL clubs as yep. well. Yep, certainly and, will. And we'll review the SNFL over the, over the coming weeks and um, talk to a couple of SNFL players as well. Definitely. All right, mate. Thank you. Thank you, folks. And we will see you next week. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.